I don't know why I keep playing with this microphone. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, again, very strange to be here alone, even though it is such a great feast. When I was uh, in college, I had the opportunity to live in Mexico for six months. And during that time, uh, I had a lot of experiences in the Spanish department, which is my, was my major because... Uh, Languages were easy, and I didn't know what I was doing in college, which is the plight of most college students, I think. But you had the opportunity to either study 12 credits abroad in Mexico or write a 70-page paper in Spanish on some topic of your choosing. Needless to say, me and my buddy Joe uh, went to Mexico. And I remember very clearly we were on uh, the beach at Puerto Vallarta on January 1st. And I was sitting there drinking a Corona with him, and I looked over, and I'm like, hey, Joe. And he's like, shh. I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm thinking. I'm like, thinking about what? And he's like, those poor losers who are writing a 70-page paper. <laughs> so little did I know when I was in Mexico, I did learn the language for the record. Little did I know that later on God was going to use my ability to speak Spanish to lead groups of pilgrims down to Guatemala to build homes for the poor people. Never would have guessed that. Never was even thinking about the priesthood when I was in Mexico. I also had the opportunity to go to Rome uh, as a high school student, and I also went to Spain uh, with my mother, who was a teacher at Mandan High, and during those trips to these two great Countries, I learned what it was like to live in a foreign country. Little did I know that several years later I was going to be in Rome studying at the North American College, living in a foreign country for four years. In fact, during those two trips, I was not thinking at all about the priesthood. Main reason I went on both of those trips, this might scandalize you, but deal with it, is because the drinking age was 16, uh, and there was a cute girl I wanted to date on both trips. Uh, both times she said no. So, see, that's the hard part. You can only, I don't get any laughter when I'm back and forth with everybody. But why do I tell you this on the feast day of the Annunciation? I tell you because God did things in Mary's life to prepare her without her ever knowing it. She didn't know necessarily what was her ultimate vocation, she stayed close to God. And God formed her in ways that she couldn't imagine. I mean, for example, the Immaculate Conception. She did nothing to merit the Immaculate Conception, yet without the Immaculate Conception, it wasn't like God was like, ha-ha, she's better than the rest of humanity. No. The Immaculate Conception, Mary herself isn't great because she's just this great woman. She's great because God is great. And she said yes to God. I know I've said this before, but... Uh, I'm reading The Lord of the Rings, and which is actually a sin and a shame because I watched the movies, you know, 50 times, and now I'm finally reading the books, and I've gotten through almost the last book, and I don't know if you know this, but the ring, wait, which is symbolic of sin, was destroyed on March 25th, which is today. And Tolkien was using that date to show us that it was with Mary's yes that everything changed. Everything changed. 
But she was prepared for that without her even knowing it. You and I are prepared to do the things that God wants us to do in this life. But the question is, is if we're going to say yes when it comes time. And if you live close to him like Mary did, you will say yes. If you don't, you won't. There's this beautiful scene that I've I've been reading about lately and Frodo and Samwise and Mary and Pippin, they all come back to the Shire and the Shire has just essentially been destroyed. And Gandalf, the great wizard, said, they're like, well, we'll be okay because you're with us. And he's like, no, I'm leaving. And they're like, you can't leave us. And he said, trust me, with what's happened to you thus far, you are prepared to handle anything. Anything. Now, if you read the rest of that story, I'm sure that when Frodo and Sam were at the foot of Mount Doom, they weren't thinking, wow, this is going to prepare me for stuff later on. They were thinking, this is terrible. This is awful. Why do I have to go through this? Why is this happening to me? Oftentimes when I deal with guys thinking about the priesthood, they'll come in and they're like, yeah, I think I'm called to the priesthood, but think of everything I got to give up. And I'm like, think of what's being offered to you. Think of what God wants to give to you. I mean, Mary, she didn't sit back and be like, oh, what? I got to give up all of this stuff. No. She knew that if God breaks into your life, he may ask for something. He may ask for a lot. But as St. Therese of Lisieux once said, whenever God extends his hand asking for something, it is never empty. He wants to give you something, something beyond your wildest imagination, and he has prepared you for it. Most of the experiences of my life, I never would have guessed would affect my priesthood, but they have deeply. Most of the experience you're going through, the stuff that maybe is really hard, maybe you're in a really challenging time right now, he's forming you. I don't know for what. But I know that God doesn't allow anything to happen to us unless he's going to bring some great good from it. He knows what he's doing. We don't celebrate this feast because Mary is so great. We celebrate because God is great. And he desires us to play a part in this whole thing we call salvation history. He's not distant. He's intimately bound up in our lives, preparing you, me, for our part. All you have to do is say yes. And so today on this Feast of the Annunciation, we pray for the courage that Mary had to do what God asked of her when she finally found out what it was. May our words echo our mothers. Be it done unto me according to your word.